time for the second episode in our new Fast Play 5 mini-series focusing on our favourite songs from the 60s to the 80s from across all of Disney. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go. Because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea. Because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there! I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to Doing Disney. We're at the second episode of our Fast Play 5 mini-series, and for this series, I'm setting my guests the daunting task of picking five, just five, of their favourite songs from a major Disney era. Uh, to launch, or to help kick off our new series, I have two amazing special guests with me. I have Adelaide Spence and I have Jack Fincher. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I've been here multiple times. I've only been chaotic, so I'm going to ruin this, I'm sure. Can't wait. Can I say that? Uh, if- my cat is literally eating my cables right now as we speak. <laughs> We're starting off the rails, and, you know, this is a chaotic couple of decades, so, you know, it's it's on point. But if you ever watched Disney on DVD in the mid-2000s, you may remember the fast play option to skip straight to the film. So here on the podcast, we honour that and skip straight to the five favourite choices of the topic. As I said, for every fast play five, there are only a limited number of spaces and many amazing choices to pick from, so hard cuts are made. Fast play fives come down to favourites, as is every category on the podcast, and each person is entitled to their picks. Just because something doesn't make the list doesn't mean we don't like it. I encourage quirky, outside-of-the-box choices because the theory of the podcast is to find out how people do Disney and how they do it their way. So it's their personal opinion and their list. Start at the beginning. Uh, the 60s and 80s, as, as I sort of said, sometimes a bit of a daunting decade to people, I feel. Sometimes you, you throw this at people and it's, it's a bit of the darker ages and people aren't sure how to take it. But... I love like the offbeat selections you can pick from here. It's a great range and varied collection of songs. You've got Disney animation, uh, some quirky live action choices, the Muppets, anything, as I've said, anything with a Disney branding is good for me. Uh, Let's start chaotic. Adelaide, what is your number five choice, please? So I wanted to represent the parks in some way. Um, And... I figured the best way to do that was not to do a, you know, a ride, but let's do a band. Um, during, I think during like all of Disney's histories, but um, during the eighties, they wanted to program, you know, like they want, they want to have Disney bands spotted by Disney written by Disney whole thing at the park during the summer to really like, you know, bring everyone around. And they said, Hey, we're in the eighties. We've got to celebrate the future. Star Wars is a big hit. What if we do like a sci-fi rock band that they helped create? They helped like put songs together for. Um, there's a band called Halix, H A L Y X, who performed, you know, live music. And there's a whole documentary about it from Defunct Land. I talked to Kelly about it before the show, and she's like, "I never heard of this." Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, there's a documentary about about, about it where Mike Carlson makes an appearance. It's great. Um, and I'm picking one of their songs called "Hey There Boys." But I just, I think there's something really innovative about, or fun about the way that they built the band. And I think this is a song that I think like engages me the most. I enjoy rock music more than most other genres. And it's where I think the singer's able to utilize her vocals really well. I think that the musicians actually come alive a lot more. And when you see the, and when you see the performance of this, there's this, like the, the, 
the Wookiee playing the guitar is like doing a big like guttural scream. And he's getting in a fight with the frog drummer and he's climbing. He literally, he climbs the rope and starts like playing the tambourine, like just going at it. And it's just a really like innovative thing that I don't think we can really get with the Disney brand nowadays. I want to represent it however I can like here. I love that. Jack, have you ever heard of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was my exact thoughts when Spence messaged me like, I've got a weird question. Always like the best opening line you could ever give to me, by the way. It's like, I've got a weird question. I live for that. Yes. Um, I never heard of this. I've heard of um, the Defunct Land series, but not this band. And I love what you're saying. Like, what an experimental time period in the 80s because we know for the studio it's not like the most financially stable it is but i love that you're bringing some love to the parks because that's definitely like a bigger blind spot for me so um i can't wait to research this a bit more and hear some awesome disney rock disney rock is not a phrase i thought i would ever say on the podcast but let's go i love they, it they also do covers of like of uh of billy joel they did like a beatles cover but they made it rock they were adapting other pieces of music but then a big like part of their hits were the originals. Um, their biggest one, uh, oh, I forgot to write it down. They, they have a really big one that actually like got pretty big and the fans are coming back to it. But their poster is it is literally just like the New Hope one, but it is with all of them recreating their own stuff. And it is it is awesome. Like I recommend looking into it and watching the documentary. I love that. The recommendation here, you've heard it, folks. Get onto it. Jack, what's your number five? All right, my number five, it's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Spence, you hate the movie, but you gotta admit, this song, this song is a beautiful song. Uh, it's Love from Robin Hood. Uh, it's when Maid Marian and Robin Hood are, uh, they're, they're basically uh, running off together at night. And uh, it's just a beautiful love song. It kind of reminds me of uh, So This Is Love from Cinderella way back in the 50s. Uh, it's just, there's not much to this song. It's just really soft, really sweet. And I, I just love listening to it. No pun intended. Uh, but no, it's, it's just, it, it's always been a favorite of mine. I, I love this movie and this song is just, it's beautiful. Love this choice. Love the movie. Uh, this is one that I was really surprised was nominated for an Academy Award, like best, a Best New Song nomination. I think a lot of us are um, fandom fans, fandom players. So when you find that little tidbit of information, you're like, oh, really? Like, store that one array in the brain because it's not one you would think is nominated because it's not a big bombastic number. It's not a big ballad. It's a really soft sweet. And I like what you're saying about um, the sweetness of the moment because when I think of the song, I think of like a starlight evening and two people strolling along and falling in love. And I think there's something really pure and very cute about this one. It was in like one of my Disney piano books growing up. So I think it's got like a really cute little dainty melody. Adelaide, what do you think about love? I literally just pulled it up because I couldn't remember it at all. Um, <laughs> That's it's nice. It's fun. I, Jack, I'm not a fan of the movie, but I think the song is its own is very nice. It reminds me of like a slow dance in a park a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, think, I think there's there's a nice intimacy to it that feels very like special that I don't really think of Disney as having a sort of like personal touch. Love it. My number five is, uh, <laughs> I, I never know how, I think Jack, you're right. Like people can either really love or hate the movies of this time period. Some are either really childhood favorites or some just don't hit. So I don't know how you guys feel about this, but my number five is everybody wants to be a cat from the Aristocats. So, uh, well, little lady, let me elucidate here. 
elucidate. I've never used the word elucidate in any sentence ever. So when I hear that word, I'm like, it always sounds fake to me, but I love it. Uh, something I'm going to be bringing up, especially this first few episodes of this mini series, it came up last time, it's going to come up again today, is the Disney Sing Along Songs uh, VHS and DVD. So this is one that was on uh uh, VHS number four, it had the Jungle Book on it, so again, foreshadowing, that's definitely going to be on my list as well. Uh, but being able to see this one over and over again with the little lyrics pop up underneath, uh, I just loved it. I'm a cat person. This song is jazzy mayhem at times, so cool at other times. Phil Harris and Scatman Crothers just opening this up brilliantly and then you get marie joining in with a rinky tinky tinky and i just think there's great moments throughout i like the condensed radio version not the whole part with duchess playing the harp and the unfortunate racism that i'm really glad it's edited out throughout but i still think this is a, a classic of the time adelaide what do you think about everybody wants to be a cat i mentioned like pretty sure i have a backup this was my like literally my number six I cool. love this movie. I was like, this one of the ones that, I'm, that I've always been like a little bit softer towards that I just have a Me lot too. of I have fun memories of. When a um, friend of mine on Jack checks, uh, Alex came to hang out. He's like, I've really seen a lot of Disney movies. And I'm like, I got you, Aristocats. And it was a great time. And this is like, a, like I think a highlight of the film where everything just like, yeah, this hasn't aged great. But I love this. This <laughs> yeah. is entertainment right here. And it's just, I, it's, I think... It's again, it's like what I said before. It's a style of music I don't think you see a lot with Disney. So being mm. able to like fully celebrate it, like go full bore into it, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Jack, what do you think about Everybody Wants to Be a Cat? Like Spence, not to, not to copy what Spence said, but this was close to making my list, uh, I'll say. Mm -hmm. I, I love everything in this song except for like maybe five seconds of it, which it, it, it's great that it gets edited out, but like, yeah. uh, it's just so much fun. I, I also, yes, I am a cat person. I, I prefer cats over dogs, but this, this song is just so fun. It's really jazzy. I, I just have a good time with it. That ending as well, how they're like crashing through the, the, the um, stories of the house and then just like keep playing into the street. Like what a, what a great crew being departed with those cats. Uh, Spence, what's your number four, please? There are very few TV shows which can be can can, can fit here, um, but I think there's one theme song for the shows that goes so hard, and that is for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes, <laughs> it is, it's just like because I think I think we like when we think of Disney TV shows, it's like oh yeah, the Disney Afternoon, but that's all '90s. Where can I start? I barely miss. It's like this and Tailspin, and that's it. It's like okay. What do I have? And it's this. And this is like, it's it's the kind of earworm that the Care Bears TV show also fits, where it's just like, it infects you and takes you over, but like, I'm having a good time, even though I can't think for myself. And it's to the point that like, when when the, when the, when the remade, rebooted, whatever movie came around, I'm like, this is the only thing I care about. As long as you give me the theme song, I'm happy. And we got it. And it is, that's just pure joy. Absolute joy. I love this choice. Jack, what do you think about this choice? So I've definitely heard the song before. However, I, I think I only caught Chippendale Rescue Rangers when I went to uh, Disney World as a kid and it was like on TV there. Uh, I don't, uh, it was just never part of my childhood growing up, but like I've definitely heard the song. It's definitely a lot of fun and yeah, good pick. 
Chippendale. It's so good. Uh, definitely one like I had growing up on VHS. Uh, this is one I had on my honorable mentions list as well, the Disney afternoon shows. I didn't do as good of research, so I appreciate that, that it was only just Tailspin and, um, and this one, as you said. But I've also got the early Disney Channel shows. I've been going back and finding the actual um, ones that they released on the VHS compilations of uh, Good Morning Mickey, uh, Mouse Size, Donald Duck Presents, uh, The Mouse Factory, all those really, really early theme songs. Disney Channel was hitting out the park even before Disney Afternoon as much as I love that. Did I just unlock some core memories? Well, I would say, so fun fact, the lead singer of Halix, she was like contracted by Disney and the only thing that she ever got after being signed on was one mouser size tape. So, so you, you, I think her name's like Lauren or something. If you listen through, Lauren is singing one of the mouser size exercises. Jack, what is your number four, please? All right, my number four, it's my favorite song from the Jungle Book. It's I Wanna Be Like You. Uh, Bare Necessities is great and all, but I, I this one is just so fun. Uh, King Louie, is such a fun character in this song uh it's, it's a nice it, it's a it's a really great swing song i yeah this song is just a blast uh it's got some of the most catchy lyrics in any disney song like i could i could forget about basically every other song in this movie this is the one that will stay with me forever <laughs> This makes my list as well. This is my number two. So I'm going to piggyback off everything you're saying and say, uh, what an absolute jazz standard that was created here. Because this um, goes beyond the Jungle Book at times. You know, we hear people cover this outside of the context of doing Disney covers. So King Louis is just going off on this one. Louis Prima knocks it out of the park. The uh, jazz instrumentation and just the uh, ability of his uh, scatting is is, is so creative and phenomenal. I mean, you find yourself replicating as well. This is one that was on a uh, cassette tape I had growing up. Absolutely. It was um, free toys. Might be free. I don't know. McDonald's. McDonald's did this promotion in the mid-90s where they had uh, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and I think Goofy all be band members. And then they gave away cassette tapes as well. So there was four songs in this cassette. This is this is how ingrained this is. Side one, Beauty and the Beast and Under the Sea. Side two, I want to be like you, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So I have heard I want to be like you very, very much. I love it. Um, my second Phil Harris take as well. Something about, as we sort of were mentioning, the uh, jazziness of the moment. Uh, it's it's of the time, it's of the era. It makes you want to dance. It, it I picture Mowgli dancing to it. I, if you ever played the Jungle Book on uh, Sega Genesis, like this plays throughout a few of the levels as well. So it's just got that great groove when King Louie just screams one more time. Like, yes, I feel it. I love it. Spence, what do you think about this one? Great pick. Objectively, like, one of the correct picks for this list. I'm always going to be biased, though, because I prefer the Christopher Walken version. I think that it's, like, is this better song? Yes. Christopher Walken singing is so funny. It is so ridiculous. Like, I, I will go back and revisit that a lot more than I think the original versions, but, like, there's not really a bad pick in this movie. So I, I would respect anything. It just, I have, I have my own weird taste, as we'll see. Now, now, if you want a great Christopher Walken singing moment, watch the first hour of The Deer Hunter and then turn the movie off. <laughs> Who would have guessed doing Disney has a has a the Deer Hunter shout out? Not the crossover I was anticipating today. Who would have mattered it? 
my number four is where I bend the rules a little bit slightly as well because it's got an attraction in the theme park. So when we talked about it, I'm like if it's got an attraction in the theme park, I'm pretty good. And it also, um, some of the voice cast made the last mini series about vocal performances. I have to talk about one of the sexiest, one of the sultriest moments in film history with Jessica Rabbit singing Why Don't You Do Right from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We need, we, I will bring this moment up anytime I can on this podcast because, oh my goodness, I watched this on YouTube the other day just to like make my notes and I blushed. This woman, this creation of the screen, this has got to be one of the most iconic film interests to a, like iconic character introductions in film history. The way everyone is just taking in her, the way they frame her, like I'm not even talking about the song yet, but the song is the cherry on top of it all. Obviously not an original creation for the movie. My only cover on the list, uh, a very famous bluesy woman's blues song. And I do like the Peggy Lee version. Again, another um, Disney crossover with um, Lady and the Tramp. But the absolute breathy delivery that Amy Irving gives it, I listen to this on my Spotify all the time. It is amazing. The Again, the jazz blues instrumentation, that piano, the absolute twinkling high keys of the piano, I feel that in my soul. And then that just strumming bass throughout. There's not a lot of music in it, but what's there is glorious and I just find myself wide-mouthed like Eddie Valiant at the end. Uh, guys, you had a big... Uh, reaction to my choice. Spence, what do you think about this one? I'm going to do the same thing you did here in a moment, although maybe a little less on brand. Um, I I love, I did so much research trying to like find holes like this. And as I was going through my list last minute, it's like, oh yeah, isn't there a song in Hooper Roger Rabbit? I haven't seen it in 20 years or whatever. Let me, I'll come back to it later. That's such a good pick. I think even Jack was telling me earlier today, like, hey, does this count? I'm like, it's not really an original song. I don't know if it would count. You just opened a door. I'm not going to change my list now. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let right. you know this, after we're done. We'll do an honorable mentions. We'll, we'll be a big list <laughs> of honorable mentions. The, just this is, this is a great pick that I love that you were able to find. Oh, yeah. Love this, it. Jack, what do you think thing. of the song? I've never seen the full film. However, I've seen moments. This is one of them, and it's great. Uh, you, this is a great choice. And honestly, had I, had I, just not ruled out movies that I hadn't seen or I hadn't like seen all the way through, this might have made the list. So, like, yeah, it's great. Good, good choice. Uh, Spence, what's your number three, please, Dar? So you can override this if you want, because I am absolutely breaking your rules. Um, Touchstone is a company owned by Disney. Uh, they actually produced Two Frame Roger Rabbit, so I figure probably the same thing. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of a man named Tom Cruise, uh, who in the 80s starred in a lot of bad movies, one of which is called Cocktail, once again, produced by Touchstone. And in Cocktail, um, the Beach Boys recorded the iconic classic Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the right song, my friend. Kokomo is one of my all-time uh, guilty pleasures. I will allow it. It's breaking the rules, but it's Kokomo. As long as you mention John Stamos, we're good. Oh, I I, I don't know a lot about John Stamos. 
I, I, I was hanging out with uh, one of your like rivals in Disney knowledge, Caleb Boatman, who's like anything Disney, you know, Touchstone. And Cook was one of his favorite songs. And like, and I was like, wait, no, this is like one of like the most fun songs there is. And I had to find a way to include it. Also, because I like finding loopholes. But like, Beach Boys, one of the most iconic American pop acts of all time, maybe their best song. I just, it's vibes, it's Tom Cruise making really, like, watered-down drinks and try, and influencing the bartending scene for decades to one of the greatest American songs of all time. How can I not? It could be higher, but I felt like I was cheating, so I bumped, I bumped it down a few spots. This this is thin ice, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what do you think about Kokomo as a doing Disney song? You know what? It's out, it's out of the box, and... Uh... <laughs> There's a hey respect to you, Spence. Respect to you. Uh, it, it's an out of the box choice, but you know what? It's a good song. I don't know anything really about the Beach Boys, but I know this one. So good pick. <laughs> this is one I was first introduced to. Oh, this is like back back memories. Um, in a Muppets cover VHS tape. I'm pretty sure the Muppets covered this in the early 90s when they were covering songs. I'm pretty sure either Kermit the Frog or his children or small frogs have covered this song Kokomo. That's my introduction to it. The other thing is that one of my favourite things in my city is that we have um, an 80s movie cover band and I love them to death and they always play this one and I live for it. So uh, I would take I would take this pick. Was Kokomo on Muppet Babies or something? That sounds like an insane creation. I'm gonna have to YouTube it after. I'm like ninety percent <laughs> sure. I'm really worried that like I'm just making stuff up now, but I'm pretty certain there is a Muppets cover of Kokomo. Um, where are we at? <laughs> number three, Jack. What's your number three, sweetheart? So speaking of the Muppets, uh, my number three is Rainbow Connection. Yeah, this song is just gorgeous. I love it from. It, it's a very minimalist song with uh, with Kermit playing the uh, the ukulele. I, I I believe that's the instrument he's playing. It's been forever since I've seen the scene. Banjo, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Banjo, thank you. Uh, with Kermit playing the banjo, uh, it's just such a... It's a song that both makes me smile and tear up at the same time. Uh, and the, I know it's not technically talking about the song, but the moment where they bring it back in the 2011 Muppet movie never fails to lift my spirits it's it's so good <laughs> ah, i'm bad at talking about songs but i i could honestly just listen to this if i'm having a really really bad day and it, it'll just it'll make everything better i think this is one that definitely entered the cultural zeitgeist at the time um through the muppet show and through the muppet movie um it's emblematic of the muppet brand at the time and if you didn't bring up the 2011 i most definitely was going to because i get the exact same feelings when they um do the full stage production and everyone's singing a sway in the audience because it is that nostalgia feels and it is something um pure and simple we talked about it on the um the muppet movie episode of doing disney but there's something that really just connects us all like it's a through line through the hearts of everyone when you sing the lovers the dreamers and me i think that's just a beautiful sentiment this one definitely makes my um honorable mentions list uh spence what do you think about the rainbow connection to me objectively this is like the number one pick i think this is like one of the greatest piece of music ever written for a movie period i did it's not my muppet pick because i wanted i have like a quirky 
self perspective on it, but I like this is like one of the greatest things. My only like real slight with the movie is the fact that you start with this. Like you start literally in the clouds and you're like, where do you go from here? The original movie is great, but it's hard to like start on such a high note because I do think that it's like one of, and against like to the 2011 one, like they know just how to celebrate it. And I wish more. I wish more music sounded like this. Like it's earnest in a way that's not overly saccharine. And it was like you you can you can really feel all those emotions. Like Jack said, like a lot of emotions are coming through you, and there's no like self doubt or questioning or embarrassment. Like no, this is like this is worth it. This is everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. My number three, one of my most all-time favorite movies. Um, how could I not feature something from this '64 classic? Um, it is pivotal in my movie watching. It is Shin Shin Shuri from Mary Poppins. Uh, I love this. We have this record. Like if I, I, we talked before the show, Spence. There's a movie that you could put every song from that soundtrack as your top five. This is my movie for that. Like if I could, I could pick. Oh, fill all five spots with something from this one. So picking the one was quite difficult. Uh, the Sherman brothers really crafted something magical with this whole uh, soundtrack. The fact that this starts with just Dick Van Dyke through the streets uh, in his chimney sweep way. Uh, I love the Amblomia kiss and that's lucky too. But then not only that, you get the musical, it's almost like the leitmotif of, um, of Mary Poppins because you get that, do, 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 like that little jaunty melody is throughout the whole film. Um, and the fact that it makes me feel like London. It makes me feel like the setting in, in a very weird way, Victorian era London. The, and when we get um, Mary Poppins join in afterwards, Julie Andrews, I'll say it at every single chance I get, has just one of the most beautiful voices ever recorded. So when she gets to come in and just finish off the song, I think this song feels like attainable magic to me in in a different way than what we've been talking about, like a magic of feelings. And the fact that Mary Poppins could be real and because it's it's pseudo-realistic, it is just close enough to be tangibly real. And and this makes me feel like I could walk along the rooftops of London. Uh, Spence, what do you think about Chim Chim Cherry? You know what's not real? Dick Van Dyke's accent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fan of the movie. I enjoy it. I wouldn't pick any number that has him in it. Just because I think there's something about like I actually I was talking to talking to a friend about this a few days ago. I was watching Across the Universe, where like fake British accents come out, like they're like aggressive and singing. I don't really enjoy that. But when Julie Andrews sings, it's magic. It's stardust falling from the heavens, and I love it. My favorite, like my, my, again, like I have a favorite Mary Poppins song, and it's not this. Fully respect the pick, though. It just a lot of other ones from the movie, I think, would have like more priority for me. Fair enough. Jack, I'm throwing it to you, sweetheart. What do we think about Chim Chim Cherry and Mary Poppins? So I have heard a lot of the songs from Mary Poppins over the years. They've just kind of appeared in my life uh, and I've heard them. Uh, I've still never seen the movie and it makes me sad. I'm sorry I couldn't make time to watch it before this. <laughs> However, <laughs> this is great. I love this choice. I uh, would a song from Mary Poppins have made my list had I seen the movie? Probably. But, you know, uh, it just, it, it hasn't, uh, like, I just haven't seen the movie. Uh, but you know what? Uh, from what from everything I've heard from literally every single human being I've spoken to about this movie, I'm missing out. And I have to fix this. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get you there. Okay. Uh, Spence, what 
what's your number two? You love the Muppets. I love the Muppets. Um, infamously, I actually recreated a bit of this for some trivia stuff back in 2020. I'm thinking moving right along uh, from the Muppet movie. I just, I love group numbers. I, lo- I love, it's it's fun. It's casual. You get fuzzy. You get fuzzy in on it. I think, I think there's a sense of camaraderie, which to me is like what the Muppets is all about, is it's this found family, a bunch of just dorks and weirdos. And like, yeah, I love show tunes and making people laugh and jumping through flaming hoops. And it's just everyone coming together. It's really, really, just really sweet and genuine about that. You don't see in a lot of movies. Jack, what do you think about Move and Run Along? This is a good choice. It's not, it's it, obviously not the Muppet choice for me, but like, it's still a very good choice. And I get, uh, I get why Spence would have picked it. So yeah, I've got no issue. I really like the way you phrased it about found family. And this is very um getting the band back together sort of montage that we get. We're moving right along. We're getting, I, I love um, Kermit and Fozzie's friendship. That's something I didn't grow up on the Muppet movie. So when I've made myself go and watch it, um, I enjoyed finding that out because I don't feel like you see that as much. It's always like Kermit and Miss Piggy, but Kermit and Fozzie in, in like Great Muppet Caper being twins. Oh, is it Kermit and Fozzie or Kermit and Gozzi that are twins? Kermit and Fozzie. Fuzzy. Yes, being twins. Like I like that little relationship and them in the in their Studebaker and going cross country and just a little cute road trip song. I, I think this is fun. It's one of my favorite gifts to use like on when I'm texting someone or on Facebook is them just in the car, just like swaying side to side. Just absolute joy. <laughs> Jack, what's your number two pick? You know what is probably my favorite type of Disney song is the Disney villain song. And uh, let me tell you, there are very few that are as great as poor unfortunate souls. Ursula is so freaking awesome in this. I stopped myself there for a sec. Uh, She's so great. Her voice is just so, she has this just power in her voice. uh, And I love it. She's, the fact that two songs from this movie, uh, which I didn't, I I completely forgot this was an 80s movie until I looked at, uh, looked up 80s Disney movies for this. And I went, okay, yeah, it's either this or Under the Sea uh, for me. But the fact that two songs from this movie were nominated for an Oscar, and this wasn't one of them. <laughs> like, Kiss the Girl is good, but like, come on, this is one of the greatest Disney songs, period. Uh, Ursula's fantastic in this. Uh, you've got some really great moments, and the animation is haunting, and it's perfect for this scene. I love it. I love this song so much, but you know what? It's not my number one, but we'll get there. <laughs> This is like my secret when I'm really like feeling my oats. This is what I want to put on for form. Like I can feel like I'm Ursula. Uh, Pat Carroll just slays this song. It is so good. Uh, My favorite is like, oh, the body language moment. And it's just the way she punctuates these things. And the men don't like a lot of blather. Like the way she 
finesses it and just is so intriguing and she's just sucking Ariel into this world and she's doing it all in this performance. Like this grass is always greener and the build, the way it just starts like really slinky and by the time she hits that, come on you, it's so good. I love this song. Uh, great choice. This is one I found more on CD at the time. I think it was like track seven of the first CD of the five greatest hits thing and it was just on repeat. If you look at my iPod history, it's probably really up there. Uh, Spence, what do you think about Poor Unfortunate Souls? It's divine as an octopus. How could I not? It love is. This? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like this, I think this is one of the quintessential villain numbers, and she just eats it. She devours the scenery around her, and I love it. I, it's 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 hard to really just voice how like uh, it, it's. I think I think her and Scar have a similar quality of just like filling the space they're in and every ounce of it is just like there is background but they don't exist because it's just them just like just solely like enveloping everything you watch and this number i think sort of like encapsulates that of just every ounce of character just pouring out of her and it's just it's incredible Yes, just the extraness of her all when she's like on the whole I've been a saint, like puts the like wrap around her head and then to this poor unfortunate soul shimmies away from it. I just the, the I way she she moment. leans on her words is just so full yes. of character. Great choice. <laughs> uh we have hit my number two already with I wanna be like you. Uh only crossover so far, which has been interesting. So Spence, your number one, your numero uno, let us have it. I'm really hoping Jack and I have the same number one because I know that he is a big James Mangold fan. And how can I not pick from the best James Mangold movie, Oliver and Company? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I told, that's number four. I like rock music. I grew up on 80s music. And how can I not be a Billy Joel fan? And how can I not celebrate one of like the greatest songs ever written for a Disney film? Why should I worry? Which is just like, it's hard not to, you know, you know how like the idea of Fantasia is let's take these, these, these classic features of music and what do we think of when we hear them? Like, what do we see? I can't not hear this song and just see walking through New York. Like, this is the vibe of just like idealized New York of just like buildings everywhere, a thousand people around and you're just feeling you. You are the center of the universe and nobody at the same time. And that's just what it is. Like, am I a dog on a taxi with sausages around my neck? No, but it feels like it. I get the joy. I get the energy. And this is just, this is happiness. Like, I, I think a big thing about 80s Disney, especially like the music, is they don't have a lot of those like dour moments. You don't have like your next right things or anything here. It's just happiness and joy and running and freedom. And that's what this feels like it's just like they just injected whatever family fam whatever family friendly version of drugs i can say on the show directly into my veins and i am just running through the streets with, with stars in my eyes you got street safe warfare yes absolutely. <laughs> jack what do you think about this pick now here's the thing <laughs> I looked at this movie and thought I could pick something from this. And then I looked at the group chat again and thought, nah, Spence <laughs> is on this episode. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> no, this is, this, is a, this is a very good choice. Definitely an honorable mention for me. But like, come on, James Mangle's best movie. I, I don't know. No, the song's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love the song. So you know what? That's a great choice. 
Logan needs four cats. That's that's the only flaw. <laughs> uh, not gonna lie, Jack. I did the same sort of thing where like there's no other <laughs> company on my list because I know Spencer's gonna feel that point. So I'll hide. I'll highlight something else. It is not often that I do that for the podcast because I always tend to think like if it's your choice, say it, celebrate it. But again, this is one like. This is a killer soundtrack. I had this on VHS Oliver and Company. It's one of those weird niche ones. Some, you know, everyone has those Disney films where it's like objectively can go like this isn't the best, but I grew up on it and it's nostalgic for me and I live for it. Uh, Spence, I think you summarized it so well with the joy and the energy, but it's attitude. It's this dog with sunglasses and just this streetwise smart attitude ruling the streets of new york i i love it i i think um yeah when you find out later if you come to it and you're a child and you find out later it's billy joel like it's like oh wow that's interesting casting and i i, I just think it works so well for for what the movie is going for billy joel is a dog and then this is the <laughs> last thing where disney got good apparently no they've always been good <laughs> uh jack what is your number one choice all right. Well, you know how I said that uh, Under the Sea, or not Under the Sea, Rick, um, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls is one of the greatest Disney villain songs ever. Well, there's one that I would say isn't necessarily better, but it's my personal favorite from this era. And it's from The Great Mouse Detective. You get Vincent Price and it's perfection it's the world's greatest criminal mind i love this song so much it is on regular rotation in on my playlist when i'm driving it's it is just a vibe uh you've got vincent price just chewing the scenery in this in this song uh he's uh <clears throat> the whole the whole bar uh singing along to it it's just it's one of the most just genuinely fun songs and you forget for a moment it's a villain song it's just <laughs> it's a good vibe I, I i really enjoy this one i i could listen to it for hours it's it's so good it is definitely one i thought you were alluding to in the last picks when you switched into for the to a poor unfortunate souls i'm like oh no no one's gonna have red again so i'm really happy that you're one or two of villain songs because i think they are really great um back-to-back -back choices uh, radigan is such a big boisterous fun taverny pub number very precursor to gaston if you will uh i love in the champagne of it all and just as you sort of said it's just eating up the scenery and something whenever people like roll their ass with the radigan like i i live for that for the pronunciation of it all uh spence what do you think about radigan I mean, it's a good song, but it's not an underwater drag queen. Like, <laughs> like, 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 you are correct. It is fantastic. I love hearing Vincent Price sing, and I and I and, and I love like the boisterous nature he takes through it all. Just like, it's not the best Disney villain song of, of, of even like the eighties. She sings with eels, bro. Like, <laughs> 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 which of the West? <laughs> but no, good pick. I wouldn't put it at number one, but I fully respect it. Yeah. My number one pick, we'll come to the last pick of the evening, and it's already been mentioned, it is probably the basic choice, and I just don't care. Uh, the Little Mermaid, as you sort of said, Jack, we think of it sort of more as the Renaissance period, but it, it is 89, so it does fall in, in the time frame that we're speaking today. And uh, Spence, I agree that while Disney has been good all along, you can't deny that Under the Sea is probably 
a driving force for bringing the studio back to financial and more critical success. So I've talked about part of your world multiple times on different platforms at this point. It's probably my favourite all-time song, so that's maybe my technical number one. But for songs of this period, as I sort of said, I'm going to give all the props to Under the Sea for bringing joy, for bringing colour, for bringing that sound and just the... I feel weird for saying like party nature of it all, like it's a party dude, but that's what it feels like. It's making Disney be a big um, animated scene and just showing again what you can do with the medium. Um, I love Sebastian throughout this all, just being the ringleader for it, for showing Ariel about why she's, what's so great about Under the Sea. And again, it's a setting that as humans, we don't get to see. So isn't it a fun fantasy moment of being able to put ourselves in the setting and, and just dreaming what it could be like under the sea? Imagine if the fish with the lute played the flute and the cart played the harp, that would be amazing if there was this big undersea band that is just going off all the time. Um, I, I think, as, as I sort of said, it was on cassette. So it's just one that I've just grown up always really enjoying listening to. Cannot say that, I could say those first two bits, but I can't say that whole, that whole breakdown. I still get tongue tied with it. So all the props are similarly right for being, and anyone that performs that song for being able to get at that little section. Uh, Spence, what do you think about Under the Sea? The objectively correct pick. Like, I'm, I'm not going to have any short <laughs> faults at all. It is, I, I think, the moment where she, like, emerges from the water is one of, like, the quintessential moments in film. It is that incredible and spectacular Jody Benson is a talent that Disney should have utilized more. Woefully forgotten. I, there's nothing, like, literally absolutely nothing wrong with this decision, this pick. Um, I wanted to be able to highlight some of the weirder stuff. Again, I picked a band Disneyland that no one remember. they were they were active for three months like I wanted to be able to highlight these but I knew that if I was like being honest and like totally objective there's no way this isn't number one but that's what I want to see I want to see favorites because I'm here to give the end to try and like make sure where those ones go Jack you've mentioned this one in your little brainstorm as well how do you feel about under the sea I love this song literally in my notes it's poor unfortunate souls slash under the sea because uh, <laughs> I was still deciding while we were doing the show which one I was going to go with and I I love this song so much it is just an absolute blast uh Samuel E. Wright I think that's the dude's name freaking awesome in this uh I he is so much talent I could not uh get through those verses without uh without stumbling it's impressive what he's able to do in that uh and it's just it is probably the most impressive uh impressive song uh like just musically in any of these uh, uh in any of the movies from this era phenomenal deserved it's deserved its oscar win that's for sure <laughs> i don't know how you don't have the biggest smile on your face when you're seeing that's why it's hotter under the water like i think that is amazing that's so much fun and not to be just the slightest downer but so misused in kingdom hearts too like atlantica still haunts my nightmares so i'm sorry for bringing that up for everyone but you know it's just part of it at this point uh we've made it to some honorable mention rattle them off for me adelaide what just missed the cup for you um, so the other thing I mentioned to you about before the show, Videopolis was a nightclub for kid, for teenagers at Disneyland. Um, they had like a main theme song that performers put on. It's basically just Power of Love, but with the word Videopolis <laughs> in there. It's an absolute ripoff, but it's really fun. Um, staying on Disney, I have Grim Grinning Ghosts from Haunted Mansion from 1969. Classic. Like, how can I not? 
Spoonful of Sugar was my Mary Poppins pick. Um, and then a movie that I haven't seen, but Bowman recommended it to me, and I really enjoy the song Candle on the Water from Peach oh, yeah. Dragon. Just very like silent and Beautiful somber, song. but I think, I think very performed, you know, very well. Uh, Jack, what didn't just make your list? I, I mentioned the uh, the Oliver and Company pick and uh, a couple others that Spence and you had brought up uh, over the over the course of the show. Uh, the only other one that I really uh, wanted to add was the one that I don't think I can technically pick because <laughs> it's not original and definitely not of the Disney brand. Uh, but no, it's uh, our way. Happy moment. Yeah. No. Uh, so. While I was compiling uh, the list of songs to use, I went through, because uh, I believe it was Spence that asked if like other Disney properties that aren't technically Disney are allowed. I immediately mm -hmm. went to 20th Century Fox uh, and looked at their movies from the 60s to the 80s. And I realized that they did all that jazz. <gasps> Which, uh, is uh, one of my favorite probably my favorite musical at this point, uh, one of my favorite movies in general. Uh, Bye Bye Life was the one I, I was debating between, but it's basically just Bye Bye Love, but uh, by the Everly Brothers, I believe. Uh, so I didn't pick it because it wasn't original and it's also very much not Disney, but it's just, it is the perfect ending to this movie. Uh, you've got a great, great performance from uh roy scheider in it it's the it is the one that i was i was considering but i decided to just go five disney because you know that's what the show is i think jack <laughs> also mentioned doing uh cabaret as well which i think is very on break for disney <laughs> uh one of my all-time most favorite musicals so i'm not going to be sad for a cabaret shout out um a few of mine that didn't get mentioned yet uh to not have songs like Uda Lally make my list really hurt me because that's just one that's just so fun to sing along to. Robin Hood, Little John, like it's beautiful. And um, Eleanor Dale. When you said love, I was like, oh. Until I remembered love. Strong yeah. choice. I'd, I'd go the Oodle Alley, but again, I think that's got some uh, great songs from that movie. A lot of the 70s movies are great songs from as well. So you've got things like um, Someone's Waiting for You from The Rescuers, where I think that's a song that I'd prefer to the movie. There's a few of those in there sometimes. Um, being such a huge Bed Knobs and Broomsticks fan, not being able to put things like Portobello Road on there really hurt because I love that song. I love that whole scene, that dance number in the streets is amazing. I love David Tomlinson, so to not be able to have that. Um, again, anything from Oliver and Company, if I wasn't going to pick uh, Why Should I Worry, it might be Streets of Gold. I really like that jam. Um, but yeah, as I sort of said at the start, like this era is more rife with amazing songs than you, than you would think. So to actually make the five, I uh, came out quite hard, but, uh, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Thank you for giving us your time and giving us your creative picks. Hell yeah. <laughs> I cursed. Um, no. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> I tried not to curse the whole show and I did. <laughs> I didn't curse the whole show and I think that's impressive. <laughs> And we'll see you all next time. And when you come to the end, <laughs> stop. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod.